After today, I will have preached all 150 psalms. So Jesus might come back tomorrow, and that would be awesome. And so here we are, Psalm 150. And for those of you who have been here this entire psalm series, uh, we've been about four and a half years. This has been four and a half years in the making. For those who weren't here prior to the beginning of the Psalms, uh, you will soon learn that I can preach from other books of the Bible. You don't know that yet, but I can do it. Uh, I don't know if they're any good, but then again, I don't know if the Psalm series has been any good. Has been for me, and I pray that it has been for you, but we originally came to this Psalm series to learn how to pray, to spend a long time. In fact, I had uh, instead of calling it prayers for life, I had thought about calling it a long appre- apprenticeship in prayer. But um, I hope that we've made steps in learning to pray. That as we've been in the Psalms this long, that we've just been learning incrementally how to pray. That there have been some Psalms that we've prayed that we're just like, oh my gosh, I've prayed that way. I've never been allowed to in church. But that's how I actually pray. And other songs where we've been challenged that, hey, I don't pray that way. Maybe I can grow. And then there's psalms like this one today where it says, starts off praise the Lord and it ends praise the Lord that we've heard in church a hundred times. And it's all of this is prayer. And all of this that we are learning to follow the ways of Jesus in and through our lives that we're that as we desire to walk with Jesus above all things, we've been learning to cry out. We've been learning to complain. We've been learning to ask questions. And at times it's even felt like we, we're, we're, we've been giving commands to Jesus. But in this, we also praise Him. We praise Him for all sorts of reason. And no one category can contain all of our reasons for praise, especially when we gather together, there are a number of different reasons that we can learn and praise God for. And we started this sermon series in Psalm 1, and um, that is a prayer that asks us, that we ask God that we may stay on the path that God has for us. That we won't waver to the left or the right. That we can stay on the path that God has us. That we won't get taken off the road by sin or wickedness that is in this world. That we might also ask, that we ask also that we are like a tree planted by streams of waters. That we will be cared for and tended to and nurtured. And that we might last forever and ever with Jesus. That we might endure the trials that life brings and learn to live a righteous life before God for our lives. And we have seen in the Psalms, we've seen ups and we've seen downs. We've seen every emotion known to mankind. We've prayed these in our midst during baptisms. We've prayed these prayers after shootings. We've prayed these prayers during times of confusion. We've prayed them during political cycles where we're, we're like, oh my gosh, I don't know who to vote for. And we're like reminded that Jesus is king. We've prayed these prayers during times of uncertainty and certainty alike. These 150 psalms for me have truly become prayers for life. Just as Psalm 1 was placed there intentionally, I would remind us that Psalm 150 is also placed there intentionally. The Psalms were, uh, they were a collection. 
They were placed in order, not by the author, one author of Psalms, because there's a whole bunch of different authors, but we have them intentionally, and we get to see that the outcome of life, what the outcome of a life of prayer is. That is what this Psalm 150 is doing in. That all, we praise Jesus, and some praises have come easy, and some have been so difficult, but at the end of the day, God is worthy of all our praise, and we praise Him for it. If you guys would stand with me as we pray Psalm 150. Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty heavens. Praise Him for His mighty deeds. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with trumpet sound. Praise Him with lute and harp. Praise Him with tambourine and dance. Praise Him with strings and pipes. Praise Him with the sounding cymbal. Praise Him with loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You guys may be seated. And here... In this last psalm, this last one of the collection, we have the last great call and commandment given to us. Praise the Lord. Praise Him at church and praise Him throughout all of life. Praise Him for His mighty deeds and His greatness. Make noise to Him. Even if you think it's a bad noise, make noise to Him. And there is an extremely festal side to this prayer. A A celebration side of this prayer as we learn to praise Jesus. This is something that I know that we can grow from. Amen? That we can learn how to praise Him in such a way. I... I have danced to Jesus one time in my life and it has come during these psalms and I am learning that this is something that we can do. We can celebrate the greatness of Jesus in our life. And as long as we have breath, we want this command to be on our lips. That we join in with all those others who have breath of life in them as well. And that as we leave the psalms, we are reminded for now and forevermore that we get to lift our voices to praise the Lord. We get to do this. And as we get into this, I think a little personal history on the words praise the Lord is due. I have not actually been excited to to preach all the sermons that say praise the Lord like the last five have started. But I and I think it's necessary this little personal history on this because my views on the Psalms have been tainted for too long. They've been tainted for too long. And as I was growing up, Praise the Lord was a tagline for a TV preacher named Jim and Tammy Faye Baker. Does anybody remember them? Yeah, I mean, she was, you remember her, but they had this thing called Praise the Lord Club. Praise the Lord Club. And we had people in our church that growing up that they loved the Praise the Lord Club. Everything that they said was Praise the Lord. Everything, like, they would wear, uh, and they were always, these people were always wealthy that loved the Praise the Lord Club. And they would always have on their shirts and they'd just be like, well, praise the Lord to everything. It didn't matter, like, you know, just this last week my mom uh, ran over her cat and her cat has to have surgery. And they'd be like, well, praise the Lord anyway, Viv. God is good. And it's like, no, like, hey, we've learned in the Psalms that we can say that this is not good, right? And so as I grew up, and I would watch Jim and Tammy Faye from every now and again, and Jim was always excited and yelling. He's actually a pretty decent communicator. He was always trying to communicate the love of the Lord. Um, But I didn't buy what he was saying. I didn't believe him. I didn't believe him. And then you had Tammy Faye, who had more 
more makeup than anyone I'd ever seen in my life, other than clowns, although that's questionable at well. Some clowns wore less makeup. She always had the biggest hair ever, and it was as if they were a couple that were made for TV. They weren't real people. They were just on a screen, but they were always saying, praise the Lord. And so this actually has tainted my idea of this Psalm 150 that um, as if praise the Lord ignores some parts of our lives. When you say praise the Lord, you're ignoring all the bad because all we're supposed to do is praise the Lord. Like, like it had praise the Lord had nothing to do with real life. In fact, praise the Lord can actually like almost like a an angel lift you up and over the bad times where you never have to go through them. And yet, as we've been in the Psalms, you can see that praise the Lord, that utterance is hard fought, is hard won through all of life. It's not something that's easy. And again, in my past, I saw the thing that praise the Lord was no ups, no downs, no hard times. You're and if you're in hard times, all you have to do is praise the Lord, and it's a magic spell that will lift you right out of them and usher you into the presence of God. Well, praise the Lord, and Jim and Tammy Faye were made fun of for very many different reasons in my home growing up. And one of the main reasons was their lack of realness. So, this whole idea of praise the Lord wasn't real, wasn't something tangible to me. Then in about 1988, I was 10 years old, Jim Baker was busted for all sorts of sins that I won't get into and that we've preached against the entirety of the Psalms. And I remember this praise the Lord guy going through a hard time crying because he got caught and I didn't believe the tears either. I didn't believe the tears. And I've always thought that the praise the Lord was used to gloss over the real things in life. And yet we can see as this ends the collection of the Psalms that that is so far removed from the truth. But I've also been a part of a tradition in my past that's called the Reformed tradition where the praise of God's glory is preeminent and you, and you um, need to praise the Lord through all situations. You can ignore whatever bad is going on and you just praise the Lord. Although it was not done in the same way, the same sentiment that Jim and Tammy Faye, their praise the Lord was used as well. That God's sovereignty was used almost like a magic trick to get you over the pain and the suffering, to not have you pray the hard prayers. Any prayer that is in there that says like, oh Lord, how long? Like uh, somebody in the Reformed tradition would remind you, but it says, praise the Lord, or but the Lord and His love endures forever. They're so quick to move away from the pain and into the remember, praise the Lord. And I don't think that this is always quick. I don't think that this is always quick. I don't think praise the Lord is a tool to forget about your pain. It's not, uh, it's not a throwaway statement either. I would suggest that this praise the Lord is integrated into our good times, into our bad times, into the times where we really trust God, and into the times when we're like, praise the Lord, and it's more like a question mark. And as we come here to Psalm 150, I no longer think of praise the Lord in the same way. I no longer think of it as a magic solution or as just a thing that Christians say. I think of it 
more that as we see human problems, I see it as the outcome of a life lived for Jesus. As we strive to walk with Jesus, no matter our pains and no matter our struggles, at the end of the day, God's grace shines through all our hard times, all of our sin, all of our own evil, as well as the sin and evil in this world and in our hearts. And at the end of it all, we sing God's praise because our reasons abound. Praise the Lord is the really is really the last great call and command of this psalms. Praise the Lord is not a suggestion. It's not used in a weak way. It's not used to just gloss over anything. In this six-verse psalm, there are 12 imperative statements that say, praise the Lord. This is a command that we get to do in all of life's ups and downs. We get to praise the Lord. We get to lift up His name. We have been reminded of this all through all the Psalms that there are times when this is easy to do. Praise the Lord. I just had something good happen. And there are times when we need to command our souls to praise the Lord, to tell our arms, to lift up our hands so that we can praise the Lord. As one commenter said, it's as in praising God, the meaning of the world is fulfilled. That we get to praise the Lord. And this is no small thing. This is no small thing. When we join in with praising the Lord, we are joining in with all of creation to fulfill its purpose for life, to bring glory and honor to Jesus Christ for all that He does and all that He is. For the last number of psalms, we were given reasons to praise the Lord over and over and over. And yet there's really no reason given here in this last psalm. It's like it is telling us, yes, you have reasons, but, and they are plentiful, but you also don't need them. You just need to praise the Lord. Because there are times when we can't see those reasons. God's glory is that amazing that we get to behold His greatness. We get to sing of it and live out of it. And now... I know that not everyone is going to see this as a good thing, a command to praise the Lord. Not everyone is going to admit God's greatness or want to see it in and through their lives. Not let alone sing of God's grace in such an amazing and festive way. But for those of us who desire to walk not in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or walk in the way of scoffers, for those of us who want to be planted by streams of living water and bear its fruit in season, for those who set aside the ways of this world and their own life to live for God's kingdom and His kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven, to set aside ourselves to be obedient, or should I say attempt to be obedient in a life of sacrifice to Him, all of this leads to adoration. We praise the Lord because we've tasted and seen. We've known that He is good. We know that He alone is good and above all things. And we have hope. And our hope for our lives is in the person and work of Jesus Christ, our King, our Lord, our Savior. We find our love and our hope in Him. We place our faith and our trust in Him. And in Him we realize that all the hopes for this world, all the hopes that we have for black lives to matter, for peace, for unity, for school shootings to stop, 
for grace and love to exist in this world for one another and racism to end. For rest and trust in Jesus for just a little moment. In all of this, we celebrate Christ because He is the only one who is a life changer. It's because of Him that our lives are changed and He is still changing our lives. He's still working on it. And we're striving to listen and be obedient to Jesus. And in that, we say, praise the Lord. Seeing that there is no real reason given in this last psalm shows us that the praise of God is not limited. It's not just that's the only reason. There are plenty and plenty of reasons to praise the Lord. And it also shows it doesn't matter who you are or what you've done or what you've not done or what you're about or what you're not about. In our praise of the Lord, we find our fulfillment for His purposes. Whether we do this for a moment or a lifetime, it is good to praise the Lord. Amen? It's better to praise Him for a lifetime and all eternity than for a moment. But in that, we see the praise. We see our desire in praise. We see our desire for sin diminish. And our desires for Jesus ramped up so that we can live into His light and His world and His glory. In praising God with our life, we stand in opposition to all the sins and all the temptations that want to tear us down. When we are praising the Lord, we are standing in opposition to our own selfishness, our own self-reliance, our own self-righteousness. All these things cannot stand as we stand praising the God, as we stand praising the Lord. These things have no standing in our lives and no place to keep themselves as we are praising the Lord. Because when we praise the Lord, we are standing in opposition to all the violence, all the greed, all the lust, all the lying, all the stealing, the mockery, the slander, the murders, the addictions that plague us. All that this world has to offer us, all these sins that want to plague us and cling on to us, even, not just in the world, but even in our own hearts. When we stand to praise the Lord, we are standing in opposition to all of this. We're standing in opposition to Satan's work and saying, no, I choose to praise Jesus because all, everything that has breath is going to praise the Lord. We need this praise to resist and to stand strong. We need praise because in praise we see that Jesus is bigger. That Jesus is better than all our worthless trinkets, all the gold and money could give us. All the fancy stuff that we might have and might desire. Jesus is better than all that. God is standing in opposition to this sin. And by the way, this is no weak thing when we say praise the Lord. This is no trite thing. I've thought that praise was weak. And it was the weak way out. And I'm only now starting to see that there's real strength in praising God. It's not simply a nicety. But it's a weapon that we use against Satan, that we use against sin, that we use against death, that wants to claim our lives and cling to it and rip us apart. I'm for life. 
I'm for life in part because we've been praying for life all through the Psalms. The life, not just life as I can imagine it, but the God-given life through Jesus Christ that He has for us to live. The Holy Spirit-empowered life where we can hear and listen and follow Him in all His ways. I am for life in the ways that the Holy Spirit is leading not only me, but for all of us. And in this, praise is a powerful weapon. And I want to stand in opposition to, to the world that wants to tear us down, that wants to pull at my own heart, that wants to keep me off track and distracted from Jesus. I want to continue to praise because I want to continue to see Jesus as most glorious in this world. Praise is something that we get to be about in our life of prayer. We get to praise Him together. I love that this psalm once again reminds us that we praise Him in the sanctuary so that we might be encouraged and encourage one another as we keep trying to walk with Jesus week in and week out. As I say praise the Lord, may you be encouraged. And as you say praise the Lord, may I be encouraged. And that works for all of us. And we get to do this in a festive way. And I've already mentioned we need to grow at this. We need to grow in our celebrations, amen. We need to grow and uh, maybe figure out how to dance before the Lord and not make it all weird like the world does, but just do this in a festive way we get, because we get to celebrate the goodness of God for all that He is and all that He does. More than that, more than what He does though, is just for who He is. We praise Him because He's worthy of all praise. My prayer... Grace and Mercy Church is that as we end with the Psalms in Psalm 150, that we can come and agree with this Psalm, let us praise the Lord. Let us worship Him in spirit and truth, not just for a moment, but for all of our lives. Let us look to Jesus in all seasons of life and, and in all seasons of life also have the ability to say, praise the Lord. Even if it's hard fought, we can still say, praise the Lord. And I pray that we may praise the Lord, that we don't need a reason, that as we strive to follow Jesus, that our purpose will be fulfilled in the lifting up of our voices and our hands, celebrating the risen Christ, that Jesus is alive is enough to sing out, let alone all the millions of other reasons that he gives us. Praising the Lord is not a magic potion. We've seen through the entirety of the Psalms, and in them you can see the ups and downs, and here at the end of the life of prayer, at the end of this collection, at the end of the day, we sing praises to the Lord. It is truly the last great call and command in life to praise the Lord. Even in his final breath on the cross, Jesus was full of praise for the Lord. And we, this side of Jesus' resurrection, knowing that he's raised from the dead and that we will be one day raised with him, we get to be filled with praises of the Lord. And so I pray, let us praise the Lord. Jesus, I thank you for this time. I thank you for this time in the Psalms. Lord, I pray that we may learn to praise you, that we may learn to praise you with festal songs that we can sing and celebrate Lord, we know that we have reasons to praise you. May they never stop. May they never cease. May we never stop looking for them. And Jesus, we thank you that at the end of the day, we can say praise the Lord. And Lord, sometimes even when it's hard fought, I still pray that we can say praise the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.